I'm probably late to the game on this, but if you're not aware, that is the Mandalorian theme song, the Disney Plus TV show. I just came around to watching it a few weeks ago, and I've had this song like stuck in my head. Kick-ass original score there, and uh, somehow like added a ton of value to the show for me. I don't know, because I think they play at the end of every episode, and I would just let it play, and I was like, this is, this is firing me up for the next episode. So yeah, um, this is Swipe Right Sports. It is your sports hot hookup. I'm your host, Bobby Adcock. We have uh, two slates this week. The night contest is back. We're going to start with that uh, the day, head to the night, and get to the NFL where I had another winning week. But first, we're going to see if we can find another little Marcus Washington play like last week. How'd you like that? Little 7 for 70. Yeah, might be running him back. We'll see. Let's get into it. Starting the day contest right now. Okay, welcome in one and all. It is week 10 in college football. It's just flown by. It's only about, gosh, four or five um, weeks left in the regular five, regular season for most teams. Um, and kind of to reiterate a point here that I talked about last week, um, there's 13 games on this board. I'm not going to spend a ton of time on certain games where I just don't think there's a lot to talk about where we kind of know their established pecking order. Uh, the prices are kind of fair. There's no specific angle to take for DFS purposes. Um, so I'm only focused on finding value so we can all afford the guys that are high priced that we know we're going to expect to get the high productive days out of. So... Hopefully I can get through this slate. It's 13 games, about 20 minutes. Let's jump in. Wake at UNC, sure to be a popular game. UNC minus two over under of 76 and a half. I think this game got over like 100 last season. It's crazy. Um, so definitely a big game to target. And I want to specifically talk about the running backs with on both teams with CBS, Christian Beale Smith, and Ty Chandler from North Carolina. I think these are really good pivots off of the big boys on this slate. So if you can't do like a, a Travion Henderson or, or um, the Cincinnati guy, forget his name right now, uh, Jerome Ford. God, I always do that. Anyway, I think these guys in this game where there should be just a ton, ton of points on both sides, I feel like they have really high floors and can you know save you a lot of cash off of the top running back. So this might be a good pivot there if you're looking to kind of cut that position or just looking for value plays. I love those two guys. They might be both my running backs in this slot. Um, yeah, and just to kind of reiterate, Chandler TDs in all but two games uh, this season, multiple scores in the last three of four. CBS hit Pater in all but two games as well, TDs in his last three games. So again, very high floor here. And another guy I want to mention where there could be some value is Antoine Green, the receiver for North Carolina. Just came off his best game of the season. Um, it's been hard to kind of find who is the second um, guy in this offense for pass catching purposes. He had a nice little breakout performance last week. And also news recently that Emery Simmons, who was maybe the two or two-way guy, he's in the portal. So Green might have solidified a bit of a role here. I think he's at 4,300. Nice value play here in a game where there should be tons of scoring, tons of offense, and really high ceilings on both teams. Uh, that's all there. Let's go to Liberty at Ole Miss. Ole Miss minus nine over under 67 and a half. I'm looking at wide receivers, Demario Douglas at 6K and CJ Daniels at 5,300. Great price floor ceiling guys here. 
I think there's some recency bias on Demario Douglas where he was hurt. They came back, blew a team out, then had a kind of a quieter game with two catches apiece. If you look at back when they were having kind of normal game flow type games, and um, he was the main guy having monster lines, I feel like at 6K, there's a lot of value here in a game where, hey, we know Ole Miss, they like to give up a ton of points. They're just trying to outscore everybody. There's a high total here. Someone's going to have a big game, and I think uh, Demario Douglas is a nice guy at 6K who could really outperform his price. So consider him there. On the other side with Ole Miss, it's all about the status of Jonathan Mingo, Dontario Drummond, Braylon Sanders, uh, all at receiver for Ole Miss. The guys that uh, benefited last week from most of these guys sitting now. I think Braylon Sanders, I think he warmed up, but I'm not sure if he actually played in this game. But the guys who uh, benefited was Jacor Pearson. He had seven for 135 last week, and Casey Kelly went for seven and 81. They're at 4,900 and 4,300 apiece for this slate. I think there's good value again in a nice game with a nice Vegas script, high total. It's exactly what we're looking for. So the good news is about this, it's a noon game, and hopefully we have some clarity on the status for all these receivers, where I think Mingo's already considered out. So it's going to be about Dontario Drummond and Braylon Sanders. We just talked about the guys who you want to target if they are out. Nice prices there. Let's move on to SMU at Memphis. SMU minus 5.5 over under 71 here. Another great game to target. Again, on the SMU side, status for Ulysses Bentley the fourth. Uh, he aggravated his ankle on a 46-yard run called back uh, for a penalty last week and didn't return to the game. He's at 3,800, so I, this is a really interesting situation where I feel like if he is healthy, he is playing, I think he's someone to consider as kind of a sneaky, you know, if you're, if you're willing to take that risk, I guess, you know, at, at this position this week, I think there's a high-risk, high-reward situation here with Bentley the fourth for SMU. When he's back in his workhorse role, um, he's he's a home run hitter. Guy's just a, a really good back. This is a really soft matchup and should have a ton of scoring too. So keep an eye on that game. I, don't, I forget off the top of my head if this is a noon or 3.30 game, but um, just keep an eye on that situation. If he's out, Trey Siggers is the guy um, for SMU, and he's around 6,100. He's fine. I, I, he's been productive when he had the opportunity. So uh, nice matchup here. Someone to also consider as a pivot off of the big boys if Bentley does not play. Wide receivers, all three for SMU. Very solid price floor ceiling guys in a great matchup. It's Danny Gray, Reggie Roberson, and Rasheed Rice. Um, I think Danny Gray's 6,200. Roberson's like 59, and Rice is maybe 57. Don't quote me on that, but it's right around there. And then tight end Grant Calcasera, 4K, very solid value. He's had some nice big games in very good spots for production, and I consider this one of them. So he's at 4K, someone to consider there at wide receiver. But all those receivers I would consider um, and good pivots off of the really, really expensive guy. Like if you can't figure out how to get Ja'Cory Roberson for Wake Forest or Josh Downs for UNC, these guys can maybe match their production in this matchup here. On the Memphis side, love, love, love tight end Sean Dykes. I think he's slightly mispriced at 4,300. Again, I feel like this is recency bias with him. He was quiet the last two games because of a blowout over Navy. And then in the last game, their starting quarterback, off the top of my head, what was his name? Seth? Seth something? Anyway, he did not, he sat out. Peter Parrish was in. He's more of a run-first quarterback, not a great downfield passer. So the offense in general, I think they scored seven points. It was just a bad game in general for the offense. So because of that, I feel like his price has gone way, way, way down. If you look at the three games prior, here's the stat lines. Four for 47 in a touchdown. 
569 a touchdown, and then six for 167 of the game prior to that. So again, very productive guy. This offense basically all year long has exclusively been Brandon Thomas at running back, Kelvin Austin the third, big time receiver, and then Dykes at tight end. These are the you know the, the established pecking order in this offense. Again, should be tons of scoring. He's one of my favorite building block prices. Sean Dykes is at 4,300. So someone to consider there as a building block guy. I think you should. Next game, Tulsa at Cincy. Cincy minus 22 and a half, over under 54. That puts us on schedule for about a 38 to 16-ish script. We know that means we're out on Tulsa. Onto Cincinnati. We know the pecking order here. It's Ritter, it's Ford, Pierce at receiver. Uh, prices are fair. And also tight end Josh Wiley, who I've been waiting for, you know, wise. He's been so quiet. Two more TDs last week. He's at 4,900 now. Probably the value might be a little gone there because this isn't like a big high scoring offense, but um, you know, something to think about in that range. Next game, OSU at Nebraska. OSU minus 15 and a half over under 64. We know Buckeyes, get them in there. Um, you know, JSN, Jackson, Smith, Najigba, 5,800 still. I think that's a mistake. I think he's due for a big game. Even if he hasn't had a big game, he's been very consistently returning value at his price. So again, very nice price, floor, ceiling guy there, and a great offense. And I think they're gonna, I think they'll have their way with Nebraska. So um, on the Nebraska side, Adrian Martinez and Ramir Johnson are bust for me. Um, I think there's good prices on the wide receivers and tight ends, but it's too volatile and it's a bad matchup. Everyone's so touchdown dependent. I think there's other places. Uh, as for example, I'd rather have an old Miss receiver and either tight end in SMU Memphis. Um, and others we'll discuss coming up. So let's get to them. MSU at Purdue in the next game. MSU minus three over under 54. It's about the status of wide receiver Jalen Naylor for MSU. Um, the logical beneficiary if he sits out is probably Trey Mosley at 3,700. He's been productive a few times in games moderately um, with Naylor in, so I think if he's out, he'd be the next logical choice to benefit. Um, so he'd be an, a nice uh, value there at 3,700. And I, I think, I don't want to speculate on injuries, but I, I'm pretty sure Naylor is sitting. So um, for the rest of it, we know they're fairly priced. I think I still think Jaden Reed's slightly undervalued. I think he's at 64. He should be 7K minimum every week. Doesn't matter what the matchup, what, what the circumstances. Uh, he should just stay there. So I think there's a little bit of value there. Now Kenneth Walker, uh, we talked about last week, I said, man, there's some decent value on, on Michigan State's offense because of some recent bias. Well, that's gone. Uh, Walker's, uh, I think, the highest price running back at, I think, 8,600. So, yeah, well, do what you want. Um, as far as Purdue goes, so I talked about King Daru last week. Didn't realize that Xander Horvath, he actually returned. He had a line of 11 rushes, 24 yards, and a touchdown. He's at 3,900, um, so that's someone there again. If you're looking to kind of get some, take a take a risk, take a speculation shot in the running back department, 3,900. I think there's a you know, again, low risk, decent reward because you're not spending a ton of money. But he's someone to target if you're really trying to cut that position. Uh, tight end Peyton Durham now questionable. Just this just broke. Now it looks like both their tight ends might be questionable. That'd be a huge break for State, which I kind of enjoy. But um, if he does play, Pay Payne Durham has been great all season long. He's basically the number two receiver in this offense. Uh, if you watch Michigan State, Michigan last week, the tight end for U of M, I think Eric All, he was just wide open, middle of the field, working all day. He finished the game with 10 catches for 98 yards last week. So um, 
yeah, I would consider Peyton Payne Durham at 4,700 if he does, in fact, play. Also, I want to mention uh, QB Aiden O'Connell at 5,600. I think he's a solid paydown option at quarterback. MSU, very vulnerable against the pass. They're dead last against the pass in the Big Ten. And we saw, if you did watch what Cade McNamara did against them last week, had the best game of his season by far and uh, exposed them a lot. And they were kind of lucky to escape that game in a way with that W. But, um, yeah, I think this is where you attack Michigan State, and they haven't really proven that they can uh, you know, stop anybody. And, and Purdue passes, they're a passing offense a lot. So I think Aiden O'Connell actually makes decent sense at 5,600. That's all for that game. Let's move on to Mizzou at Georgia pretty quick here. Georgia minus 37.5 over under a 59.5. That puts us on schedule for like a 37-11-ish game script. That means we are out on Mizzou. Don't waste 7,500 on Tyler Batty. Not the week to do it. On the other side, probably Zamir White or Bust for me. Maybe Karis Jackson at receiver. He just had a nice little breakout game, his best game of the season. I think he had three for 60-some yards and a touchdown. But, um, again, talked about it all season. The Georgia passing game is just so volatile um, with the production and how it's spread out. And it's just everyone's so touchdown dependent. There's other places that are uh, better places to invest in where they, you can project them much easier. So let's move on and talk about those places. Next game, Baylor at TCU. Baylor minus six and a half over under a 59 and a half. Baylor's offense established uh, pretty much. The prices are fair. Still really like Tyquan Thornton at 6K. Nice little nice little high floor on him. He finished with five for 54 last week. He also threw a touchdown. So um, I feel like his production has been very consistent. You can count on him to get you, again, a line like that, like 50, 55, 54. That's a pretty solid line for him. And then he has pretty decent touch on upside in. What's a, a really good matchup with TCU, one of the poorest defensive teams in the Big 12. But overall, it should be a good week for Baylor to continue their success on offense. Uh, try to get as many guys as you can in there. Good, good offensive target on this week. That's not as expensive as some of the other you know, Ohio States of the world. So on the other side, a very ugly loss at Kansas State for TCU last week. Turned out to be the result. Gary Patterson out as head coach. Um, it's really about the status of Max Duggan and Zach Evans for this game. It's a 3.30 kick here. So I'm just going to say I'm probably going to be out because I don't think we're going to have very good information prior to noon. And I don't really want to mess around with these situations. And Duggan, even if he does play, he's definitely not 100%. and just hasn't been, hasn't been the same guy uh, lately. So I'm just moving on to other places. So let's go to Navy at Notre Dame. Notre Dame minus 21 over under a 47. That makes for a 34 to 13-ish type projection. We're out on the midshipmen as a result. Uh, they beat Tulsa last week, 20-17, without completing a pass. Believe it or not, true story. Uh, but that makes for uh, nothing uh, for, uh, for our purposes here. So uh, now the Notre Dame side, thoughts have not changed. It's Kyron Williams at running back and tight end Michael Mayer are pretty much out on the Irish. Uh, Mayer at 5,800, I think is very solid. I think he's due for another big game before the season ends. Hasn't scored in the past five games, so maybe that changes here. Let's move on to Penn State at Maryland. Penn State is minus 10.5 over under a 55.5. I think QB Sean Clifford might be my favorite paydown option at quarterback on the board at 6K. Again, I think his price as well is a little skewed from recency bias. Um, they had that bad game against, well, he got hurt against Iowa and then 
uh, was pretty quiet, not quiet, but they lost to uh, Ohio State. Oh, and then lost to Illinois. That's right. So I feel like their offense has been a little bit down. It actually didn't look that bad against Ohio State last week. They were pretty competitive in that game. Uh, and I think this matchup right here with the Terps, second to last scoring defense in the small 10. They're 10th against the pass. They're also second to last against the Rundy, giving up over 161 yards per game. So I feel like Clifford is one of the more competent quarterbacks in this conference. He has the weapons in Parker watching Jahan Dotson. Um, so I, I feel like this is definitely a week where you're getting him at some value. If you look at former slates in a matchup like this, like weeks past, he'd probably be around like maybe 8K. So I feel like the price has been just a little skewed because of recent circumstances at Penn State. As far as the running backs go, I mentioned that horrible Rundy. This might be a spot where, you know, I, I mentioned them against Illinois. I said, hey, um, maybe this is the week. Illinois is getting some big games on the ground. Maybe this is the week you kind of take a roll the dice with some of these guys like Noah Kane, Kevon Lee. Well, last week, Noah Kane fumbled on the first snap uh, and was pretty much taken out. Baylor transfer saw a majority of the work. Um, What's his name? John Lovett. Yeah, John Lovett saw the majority of the work. Didn't do much with it, to be honest, against Ohio State, but he's at 3,300 this week. Um, maybe this is a spot where you speculate. I'm sure whether it's through the air or on the ground, uh, they're going to get their share of offense against this Maryland team. Everyone pretty much does. And then we know, we can mention wide receivers, Jahan Dotson, Parker Washington. They're fairly priced. You know, do what you will. On the other side, still like value of wide receiver Rakeem Jarrett. His price has been down because uh, he hasn't really had a big blow-up game without uh, Dante Demas on the team. But still, uh, I think at 4,800, he makes sense. I think he had like a five for 40-some yards or 50-some yards last week. Not terrible. And I think at 48, that kind of is somewhat doing the job. And he has a little decent touchdown uh, upside there. PSU tied for first in scoring D at 17 points per game and fifth against the past um, under 200 yards. So... I don't know. It's kind of like Rakeem Jarrett is the only guy I might even be interested in in this um, matchup here. So let's move on to the next game. It is Auburn at Texas A&M. Auburn is minus four and a half, over under a 50. Nice performance against Ole Miss last week, but we might be pumping the brakes on the Auburn O here. Uh, A&MD, fourth in the SEC in yards allowed, second in scoring D in the conference only running about 16 points. Uh, better matchups and better Vegas scripts to invest in, I think, for me. So I'm, I'm not gonna not gonna bother with this. Kind of examples here like, you know, Ty Chandler or Tank Bigsby. I'm going Ty Chandler every time. Um, on paper, it really isn't debatable if you compare you know, matchups, Vegas scripts, prices, all this stuff. I think, um, yeah, I think there's other spots when you have, considering the prices you have to pay for the good guys in Auburn's offense. So on the A&M side, Similar take, kind of. Um, Auburn is third in scoring D. I'd rather go with Ty Ch Chandler, uh, Minnesota's Marquise Irving at 6,300. See both RBs in the SMU Memphis game and CBS for Wake. I'd rather pay all or play all of them than pay 7K for Isaiah Spiller. That is a true story. Um, so that's just my opinion. Don't have to, don't have to take it. But that's just compare when I compare the kind of. On paper, who checks all the boxes? I like the other guys that I mentioned. Uh, same kind of comment. I'd rather have Rasheed Rice, tight end Sean Dykes at 4,300, uh, than paying 5,600 for Anaya Smith. 
know, in only for 400 more, tons of better options at receiver, like the 6K range, than pay 56 for a Nia Smith. So that's just my opinion. It doesn't mean it's going to work. Um, these guys could easily have, you know, two touchdown games. But for my purposes, I'd rather go with the guys I just mentioned than play with this game. Next game, Oklahoma State at West Virginia. Oklahoma State minus three, over under 49. On the Oklahoma State side, running back Jalen Warren at 6,400. Uh, solid price there. His also some uh, low-scoring games he's been involved with recently kind of brought his price down a little bit. It was almost at like around 8K a few weeks ago. Uh, West Virginia, D okay against the run. Uh, ISU and Kansas games kind of, again, like I talked about, lowering the price here should be in line for a, a huge workload like he has been all year long. So I think it's 6,400. He's the only guy I'm interested in for Oklahoma State. Everyone else, very, very touchdown dependent like we talk about. Um, usually, on the other side, Letty Brown or Bus, but probably out completely because of the price required to get his services. Um, Oklahoma State D, we all know this this year, very big defensive team. They're first against the run in the Big 12, allowing 94 yards per game. So um, that's probably causing me to kind of look elsewhere for Letty Brown considering the price you have to pay. And then wide receivers, you know, Winston Wright Jr., Bryce Ford Wheaton, pretty good floors lately. But um, again, I just feel like at their prices, it's 5K and 4,700 respectively. I'd rather have, again, Sean Dykes for Memphis. So let's get out of here and go to the next game. It's our last game. Last but not least. Actually, probably is last and least. Um, Illinois taking on the Gophers of Minnesota at Minnesota. Minnesota is minus 14 and a half, over under of 44. We are out on the Illini. Gophers actually pretty good on D, third in total D in the small 10, second against the run at 93 yards a game they're allowing, and sixth in scoring D at about 19 points per game they're allowing. So uh, nothing to say there for, for um, Illinois. On the Minnesota side, another running back, Bryce Williams, out for season for Minnesota. Unbelievable. That leaves Marquise Irving at 6,300 and Kai Thomas at 5K to pick up the slack. Minnesota loves to run the ball. doesn't matter who's there. They're going to run the hell out of the ball and play defense. That's what they do. Um, for my pick, I'm going with Marquise Irving. He's their highly recruited four-star guy. I think he's going to get majority of the carries. He had the bigger game last week as well once uh, Bryce Williams left the game. So I like Irving at 6,300. Um, again, really nice pay down option, pivot option off of those big boys like Trayvon Henderson and Jerome Ford. Illinois D, third to last against the run over 160 yards a game. They're allowing fourth to last in scoring D and total D. So, um, yeah, I think it's a nice matchup here for a guy like Irving and uh, should have uh, plenty of work for him. And also wide receiver Chris Altman-Bell, solid value at 4,900. He is the clear number one wide receiver, but not a very heavy passing offense and high scoring offense. But I think he has enough volume where he can return value at that price. That is it. That's the board. We're going to take a small break and head to the night slate. You did it. I did it. We did it. All right. The night board. I think I got that day board in a little over 20 minutes. So for that, this A-game warm, I'm going to get it under 10. Watch this. Week 10 night, eight games. First game, LSU at Bama. Bama minus 20 and a half, over under 68 and a half. Puts us on pace for 47-19-ish Vegas projection. We're out on LSU. In on Bama. 
uh, BRJ everywhere at running back. Uh, prices are fair. Let's move on to find ways to afford them. Texas at Iowa State. Iowa State minus six and a half over under 60. Texas side, talked about it in the open. Marcus Washington, uh, seven for 70 last week. His price should be up to around at least 45, maybe even 5K because that is the pecking order now. It's Joshua Moore, it's him, and Xavier Worthy probably leads the charge at receiver. So he's involved. Uh, 3,800, he might be my building block piece for this slate. And also more, another TD last week. He's at 4,800. Solid value there on the Texas side. On the Iowa State, straightforward all season. We know the guys to play. Uh, Brock Purdy, 6,600. I think a solid pay down option at running back. UT, seventh in yards allowed, giving up over 432 in seventh scoring defense, um, allowing a, just around 30 points per game. So, 6,600 on this board. I think that's a solid price for Purdy. He's shown he can be productive in the right spots. This could be one of them. Uh, only team worse against the run is Kansas. Uh, these guys are allowing over 200 yards per game. That is the Texas Longhorn. So, um, Brees Hall, everywhere. And I'm going to tell you how to afford him. Moving on, Oregon at Washington. Oregon minus seven over under 51. It's dire bust for Oregon. Uh, Washington, they are... The top Pac-12 against the pass and their top scoring D. I know that doesn't mean anything for die, but they're also they're just one of the more solid defensive teams, and so that's why I think it's just it's dire bust um, for me on Oregon on the Washington side. We're out for what you have to pay to get you know guys like Terrell Bynum, Sean McGrew, or even Jalen McMillan. It's just not the matchup or Vegas projection for me. I think there's other spots, so let's get to those other spots. Uh, Clemson and Louisville. Clemson minus four over under 46. It's Will Shipley or Bust at 6,400 on Clemson side. He had a 25-128-2 line. Also caught four balls last week in his return from an injury. Clear lead role now. Nice matchup, uh, but not paying for wide receivers with this QB play. Um, Over-under says it all, right? 46 points. Got to get out of there. And then on the other side, Malik Cunningham are out on Louisville. Again, running backs receivers, very touchdown dependent there. And like I said, over-under 46. Come on. Let's get out. Boise State at Fresno. Fresno minus five, over under 60. Running backs, very high risk, high reward situation with George Halani. He had a limit on his snaps last week. He said he should be cleared for a full workload. I'm not sure what that even means, but he's at 3,500. So if you're looking to kind of, you know, take a speculative shot here at a guy who in a really nice matchup with Fresno in a really low price and a running back position, I think he's the guy. Um, wide receivers are fairly priced for Boise, and I think you you know play him as you will. It's a nice matchup, nice high total. I think Hank Bachmeyer, decent pay down option as well at quarterback. On the Fresno side, check the status of Jalen Cropper at wide receiver and running back Ronnie Rivers. Um, I think they're expected to play. Rivers, a really solid value at 6,100 at the running back position. Nice pay down option there from the big boys. Uh, Cropper, he was. If he's out, ceilings on Josh Kelly and Carrick Wheatfall really go up in a nice matchup with Fresno. But I think both are playing, and prices are fair for the guys that you want to play. Next game, Indiana at Michigan. This is the one. Michigan minus 20.5, over under 50.5. Indiana, Hoosiers on their third QB now. Regardless, it doesn't matter. It's just tight end Peyton Hendershot and Fry Fogle and wide receiver or out on the Hoosiers. Uh, in this one start, Donovan McCauley seemed to have a decent connection with Hendershot. He had a 6-106 and two line last week. Solid floor, uh, should be plenty of passing. I'm not expecting him to get, you know, 6-106 and two, but even if he catches, you know, 
seven, eight passes, and they're all for 10 yards. Hey, that's getting you home at, I think, like 4,900 is that. So that's a win. Um, and there should be plenty of passing game flow for them. On the Michigan side, the guy that they, uh, they, they done messed up is wide receiver Andrew Anthony from Michigan out of nowhere with a breakout six catch, 155, two touchdown of last week against the Spartans. He's in, out 4,900. So that was his first game. They've kind of been talking about him in, uh, you know, he's been good in practice. They always say that about everyone. But clearly, right away, this guy was an impact guy in with a receiving core that hasn't really had anyone to take control of, of a really firm role with Cade McNamara. So um, that said, Cade McNamara, 5,600, coming off his best game of the season against the worst pass D. Well, guess who's second worst pass D? It's IU. Um, so I really like McNamara at 5,600. He might actually be my quarterback. I know he has the J.J. McCarthy thing going on with the rotating, but I still think he's going to get the majority of the series and uh, played really well in a nice matchup last week. A nice matchup here. I think he uh, he, he can get value at 5,600 as a pay-down option next game. It is Tennessee at Kentucky. Tennessee minus one over under 57. Line kind of seems goofy to me. Kyle's very uh, Kentucky's a very solid defensive team, and Tennessee's just very... Uh, very doesn't really have any good wins. Just see, seems weird to see them minus one, but whatever. Uh, it's Tion Evans or bust on Tennessee. I think I'd rather have um, UK's Will Levis over Hendon Hooker if, if based on price. So I don't really care for Hendon Hooker either. I think there's better options at quarterback, and maybe like Brock Purdy at 6,600, for example. Um, on the Kentucky side, it's Wandale Robinson and Chris Rodriguez over out. Everyone in this game at wide receiver running back or tight end on both sides, all besides the guys I mentioned, very touchdown dependent, difficult to predict. Um, look, it doesn't mean it can't work. You can get Velas Jones or Cedric Tillman or Javante Payton, maybe even Jalen Hyatt. Maybe they have big games. It could work, but I just think it's completely impossible to project, and it's just a total guess. So um, there's been no consistency all year long. Why would there be now? Last game, but very least, very quick here, Iowa at Northwestern, setting football back 100 years. Iowa is minus 12 over under 40 and a half. So it's Tyler Goodson or Buss. And I love Tyler Goodson, by the way, this week because there's been recency bias. Uh, Iowa's had those weird games the last few weeks. They should have lost to Penn State probably. Um, then they lost to Purdue. And just it's lowering the price on Goodson. It's 6K. So much value here and one of the best matchups you could ask for. And we're out on the Wildcats. That's it. You did. I did it. We did it. I think I'm under 10 minutes. Amazing. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Good luck to all of you. And coming up next, we have the NFL segment, another winning week. Line of fire. Stick around. We are here. It's week nine in the NFL. As always, joined by uh, my partner. That was my, my, Gus, that was my Gus Johnson impression. Um, oh, there you go. Uh, the doctor, uh, doctor, how you doing? Uh, I'm doing well, Bob. Just uh, checking our fantasy score here this week. We are playing each other, and of course, your dog I'm, shit team Heinz is having. I'm very, I'm very happy right now, Bob. You got. I mean, if he ended on 14 points, you'd be very happy. Yeah, what a joke. <laughs> I mean, forced to play him on a forced to play him on a bye week, and uh, it's working out well. Yeah. I bet you bet. Yep, I'm gonna be so pissed if I lose to you. What what is your record in this thing? One and something. I I, I maybe have two, two wins. You got two. two. Wins. Okay. Yeah, that's okay. All right. Well, yeah. 
hey, I'm, other than that, yeah, I'm doing all right. Doing great, doing great. Yeah. Well, hey, let's yeah. talk about um, let's talk a little bit about records. Um, last week I had another winning week. I was uh, nice. three and t- three and two. You know, finishing in the black for the week. That brings me to uh, on the season nineteen twenty and one. So, so we're close. Cl- close to getting back in the black there. Um, probably a mistake that both of us had was the <laughs> Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, we kind of texted about that. We were, we were really like that was a really confident pick for both of us. Like, oh yeah, Jags, this is this is a yeah. good one. Yeah, uh, Lawrence has arrived. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Not not even close. Not even close. Uh, lock of the week the other way. So um, and then. Uh, you uh, dropped a game. You went to two and three last week, making you 18, 21, and one in the season and ending a streak of four straight winning weeks in a row. Um, so looking to get back on track here in week nine. Um, yeah. How are you feeling? Yeah, I'm, I'm okay with it. Like I said, that, ja- that Jacksonville pick was, um, yeah, that's pretty disappointing. Yeah, pr- yeah, probably probably jumped the gun a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> too excited. Too cute. Yeah. Too, 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 too excited. Yeah. So, um, Let's talk uh, overall trends in the NFL against the spread. So last week, uh, again, another week for the dogs. Um, the favorites were six and nine on the week. That brings them to 55, 65, and one on the season. I think they've had maybe two winning weeks overall. Home road uh, against the spread. Tough week after having their first, I think, winning week Uh the prior week in week eight, tough week, or sorry, in week seven, tough week in week eight. Uh, home teams five and ten against the spread last week, bringing them to 52, 67, and one on the season. Home favorites, as you can imagine, were three and seven against the spread last week. That brings them to 30 and 44 on the year, which is kind of comical considering now we have fans back and all this stuff. We're like, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, home favorites, just nothing. And uh, home dogs were two and three against the spread last week, bringing them to 22, 23, and one on the season. Favorites, uh, substantial favorites, which we consider to be by seven or greater, were two and two last week. That brings them to 22 and 13 on the season. And there was one outright loss. Cincy joins the island of misfit toys with uh, Tennessee. They're the second team to be a uh, substantial favorite. Tennessee losing to uh, the Jets a few weeks ago. And now since he losing outright also to the Jets. So uh, this week we have 14 games on the board. There are nine home favorites. There are five home dogs. And there are five substantial favorites in Indy playing right now. And it looks like they may uh, get that done. Cowboys, Bills, KC, and the Rams. Uh, KC, because of uh, AR-12 and his situation, is now jumped to a big substantial favorite. Doctor, I may have a few of these teams in my picks, but uh, I'll let you start with your first pick of the week. Yeah, I probably do too, and it seems to be a recurring theme. Um, but like we said, it's just it's a, one of those years when there's some really good teams, some really bad teams, and you got to take the really good ones, and that's where we'll start. So Denver at Dallas. Dallas lay in 9.5. Uh, boys are 7-0 ATS this year. Um you know, I think every year there's kind of a team or two that, that pops up um, that is just going to be great against the spread all year. You know, we talk oftentimes about reverting to the mean um, when a team is kind of broken out. But there are always a couple that just continue to, to just be great against the spread. And I think the boys are one of those teams this year. 
Um, the Broncos' offense is not any good. They're not going to be able to put up more than 20 points. So I think you got to focus on the Cowboys' offense, um, you know, versus the Broncos' allegedly good defense, and yeah. uh, with, now without Von Miller. So it's basically, will, will the boys get to 30? The answer is yes. Uh, Dak's going to be back. Uh, high-powered offense will be back. Uh, the Cowboys are third in scoring with uh, just about 31 points per game, and that includes that 20-point game with uh, win with Cooper Rush. Uh, now, some might say, oh, hey, the, the Broncos' defense is second in scoring. They're at 17.3 points per game. But that includes four games against the Giants, the Jags, Jets, and the football team. Oh, and a fifth game against the depleted Browns offense, too. Right. So, you know, kind of padded stats against three competent offenses. And you'd probably tell me the Steelers are not competent. So maybe they should, I shouldn't even use that description. But <laughs> Raiders, Ravens, Steelers, they gave up 28. So the boys, this is going to be the best offense this team has faced. Like I said, no Von Miller. I just, I see, I see the Cowboys running up. Uh, interesting matchups here. Um, Bama on Bama in two spots on the field. Uh, Judy and Trevin Diggs and then Cooper and Sertain. Um, True. That would be interesting. Yep. But. You know, regardless of how those matches play out, Zeke, Zeke's going to have a field day. Boys are for real. The play is uh, Cowboys minus nine and a half. Um, there in my picks, I would like to add nothing to that because that was everything I was going to say. So, oh, that's, that's unfortunate. So, sorry to, sorry to <laughs> steal your thunder. You know, that was great. Uh, I mean, I'll just kind of also add that another um, kind of critical defensive back for Denver, Bryce Callahan, put on IR. Uh, this week he's you know he's he's a he's a slot guy we know all the weapons that the cowboys have so it's just um he was one of their better players in the secondary he's gone so that's it um i am cowboys nine and a half as well so we're in agreement on our first pick let me go to my second and it's again another heavy favorite it is the buffalo bills <laughs> okay well let's see what you say well they're minus 14 and a half um you know look they covered last week but struggled right they had to come through the back door to get there had to get a little bit lucky uh with a two a turnover inside deep inside his own territory uh in the last like few minutes of the game to kind of get that touchdown to seal it and seal the cover so it was a back door uh but they did their job and so i think kind of the theme with some of these teams you know you, you pick the week where hey you kind of got to pick the right weeks they're on they're off when is this going to be the week and I feel like even though they did cover, that was a week where they kind of got lucky. This week, however, um, going against a a defense for Jacksonville that is putrid, and I want to point out the point totals for the Bills over the quarter season. So 23 and a loss to the Steelers in week one. Then they went 35, 43, 40, 38, 31. Uh, and then 26 last week when we covered. So, again, Kind of like we're talking about the chasm between these teams where, you know, they're just mostly these good teams, which we consider the Bills to be, they're probably going to be the 30s most weeks. And these bad teams are struggling at 20. And I, I don't, 14 and a half doesn't really bother me here. And also, I want to ask you a question. Doc. The Bills defensive rankings against the pass in terms of opposing QB percentage, yards per attempt, yards per game, touchdowns allowed, interceptions, and opposing passer rating. Where do you think they rank in the NFL? 
Well, you just gave me a bunch of stats. Like, what? I mean, what? <laughs> no, I'm gonna, here. Here. I'll it's start the same, with. Uh, it's, the, it's the same it's ranking. The same, it's the same it's ranking. The same, okay, it's the same ranking for all of them. Yes. I would say, um, you know, the Bills' defense is probably like a top five. So five. I'll go with five. In all those categories, they rank one, and it's not wow. even close. And it's not. It's not close. This is an elite pass defense. Uh, the numbers bear it out and also Jags no James Robinson so they can't do this whole oh, we're gonna you know run the ball and play time T.O.P. he's very doubtful to play uh, they got nothing so I think again the Bills I rattled off their points I think last week was a bit of a struggle they get back on track in Jacksonville get in the 30s Jags don't get to 20 Bills minus 14 and a half okay uh, so that was my uh, second pick so <laughs> you you pretty much um, covered a lot of what I was going to say. I'll just add a few uh, ATS nuggets. Uh, Jaguars are 0-5 ATS in their last five home games. Buffalo is 4-1 ATS in their last five road games at Jacksonville. Uh, the Bills are 5-0-1 ATS in the last six games against teams with a losing record. And are six and two ATS in the last eight road games. So a lot of uh, ATS trends also supporting this. Um, and I would differentiate there. You know, sometimes we talk about going going contrarian when you have the ATS trends and, and sure. you know, but the number makes sense, right? So like the number of fourteen and a half, that's fine. So you're not really like uh, it doesn't scare me away that the trends are in your favor too, because the number makes sense. I'm going to talk yeah. later about a game where that's not the situation. Um, but I'll wait till I get there. But just wanted to point that out. Well, I'm going to talk about one right now. Well, I think I am it's going. This is not. I know where you're going. There's a game in Carolina this week where the Patriots are uh, traveling to Charlotte, North Carolina to take on my Panthers, as you know. The Panthers are plus three and a half. Um, I looked at this game. And I just thought, gee, what is, I, you know, you, you look at every game and you try to go, what's the case for each side? That's usually what I try to do is go, make the case for each side. And I don't know what the case is for Carolina. The Pats are coming off probably their best win of the season in San Diego. Uh, Darnold is very up in the air. CMC also very unlikely. Um and, uh, yeah, it, and also on um, Action Network, this is according to them, percentage of bets in favor of or in favor of New England, 73% to 27. Percentage of money, 75 to 25 in favor of New England. As we know from uh, Star Wars and that little meme they have, it's a trap. It's a, it's a trap, my friends. And uh, P.J. Walker potentially starting in Carolina. There is no reason to take Carolina besides this is the trap of the week. And uh, I'm going Carolina plus the three and a half of my Panthers. Okay. Well, um, no, Bob, that's not the case. Uh, (laughs) So I have this also as a pick, um, but I have uh, New England minus three and a half. And, uh, you know, the number, that's kind of what I was just saying. Like the number doesn't jump out at me. It's like a, 
way off. What could it could it be four or five, maybe sure, but what didn't feel like a a major trap. Like how many points are you going to give a Carolina team at home against a you know a New England team that's starting to come into its own? So I, I don't see it as as um, well. Then make, make the case side. for Carolina. Make the case for Carolina. I don't understand. Like who who well, who, uh, who looks make, at it as a trap against Carolina? Well, make the case for Carolina. I, I, I'm not going to make the case for Carolina because I didn't take <laughs> Carolina. But if if you want to go, you know, go look at the Patriots' first four games, right? So they've played well over the last four, but I think they've shown enough inconsistencies that you know they're they're not great. Um, also, the Carolina defense has been really good. So I mean, can they get into a game that's 17-14 or 20 to 17 here? Sure. Sure they could. So I guess there's your case. I just I just kind of made it. But I am going the other way because I'm believing in how the Patriots have played over the last four games. And then also, if Darnold plays, uh, Belichick owns him. Um, <laughs> he's thrown more interceptions than touchdown passes against Belichick. That's over however many years he played the Jets. I don't know how many it was, but more touchdown passes or more uh, interceptions than touchdown passes. And if it's not him, uh, then as you mentioned, it's uh, PJ Walker. PJ Walker, and you know, Walker, he might as well be a rookie. And we already covered all of Belichick's stats against rookie quarterbacks over uh, a couple weeks ago when he played Wilson. So that defense is going to have a field day against the Carolina offense. Um, this particularly this Pats defense too has uh, ten interceptions this year, which is uh, just one fewer than the league leading Bills, which you just mentioned. Ooh, had I thought about that stat, I had it written down. I could have answered your question correctly. Shame on me. Um, <laughs> and you remember that time when Sam Darnold talked about seeing ghosts when we played the Patriots? I think that'll be either him or Walker this week. Um, and like I said, I, I do think the Patriots' offense is playing better. Uh, Mac Jones over the last four games has only thrown two picks and been sacked only four times versus his first four games, which were four picks and 10 sacks. So I know the competition hasn't been as stiff uh, the last four as it was the first four, but I think, um, I think they're playing a little better and starting to figure it out. They've been running the ball um, much better over the last four weeks. Uh, I think their last four weeks average is somewhere around like 130, which would put them as like a top five rushing team. So they're coming together. So I'm going opposite. I got New England minus three and a half for everything I just said. And I don't think that's a contrarian play as, as we played out. Uh, you're you're walking into it with the rest of the country, my friend. Taking the bait? Good, 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 good luck for you. Good, good luck. Taking the bait? Uh, uh, well, I think I kind of some comments you made earlier uh, subtly. I think I know where – we might have a disagreement as well. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, there's a game and there's a game on the East Coast in the city of brotherly love. It's the char- <laughs> Chargers at Philadelphia. Wow, we're four for four here. Um, I have that. I think you do, and I think this is. I think I know where you're going. I think we're on opposite sides. Uh, Chargers minus two is my fourth game. Uh, listen, Phillies, three wins. Our over team's combined record of 7-16. Uh, no wins over anyone with a winning record. Their five losses are against teams that have a combined record of 24-13. and 13. The average margin in those losses is nine points. Chargers drop two straight. They need a bounce back. This is the get-right game. Um, yeah, I, I think the Chargers, I think they... Uh, 
I think they win this game and cover two points. I'm not really worried about it. And uh, I'm going, this is my public play because it is very public. But I'm, yeah. public, is, public is right 40% of the time. I'm with them. So this is not my contrarian play, but I do have oh. this game. I have oh, this you. game. Oh, you. And again, I don't know that it's that. Like, I, I get it. Philadelphia stinks. You know, they, they just had their get right game against the lie downs. Uh, I guess everybody has. Wait, 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 everyone, right? Yeah, right. right. Everybody does. But like, it, so I mean, what? What would you want this line to be? Would you want it to be like four or five? I mean, it's not. Look at the Chargers. They look like shit. They look like shit last week, right? I well, mean, they, both they, sides they, of the ball. Yeah, they've lost two games. Um, I wouldn't say they look like shit against the Patriots. They were bad against Baltimore. Baltimore was a uh, look. They, look, they were bad last week. Bad, they're bad. Their defense stunk. It stinks. It's terrible. The worst run defense in the league. So I don't see like. It doesn't seem that lop, lopsided to me here, I guess, is my, is my point on this one. But okay. I, I do believe in the Bolts being a, being a playoff team. I, I, I yeah. think they're going to be in the mix. And if they're going to be that, if I believe that, then they have to win this week. There's, there's yeah. They cannot drop this game. So Absolutely. I, I'm with you on that. that. That's what I believe. And I think, although their run defense is awful, I mean, I, they're going to have to, like, you know, it's going to be stop, run first. And make Hurts beat you, and it's not—he's not, not going to be able to do it. I mean, he's only thrown over 200 yards once in his last four games. His ratings stink. I mean, he's just not good. Do you know who's so, playing running back for Philly right now? It's like Jordan Howard and uh, Kenneth Gainwell. Gainwell, and, and I, I mean, who are we kidding? Like, it, it, like you said, it's—it's it's not good. Uh, I, I know, yeah. I, I know, I, and I said I, I think it should be probably closer to four, but I do, but. Whatever, I'm I'm yeah. going in on it. I'm fine with yeah, it. Yeah, I'm going I'm going in that too. It's also the Eagles haven't won a game at home yet. Uh, Chargers are two and one on the road, so there's a little little extra extra bump for you. Yeah, Char- Chargers home games are somewhat road games anyway. So, um, all right. So are are we both four in? And we're four in. We've picked the same four. We're we're alike in three of them, and we're different in the New England at Carolina game. That's interesting. Okay. Uh, have we ever gone all five? Have we ever gone all five? All right. Well, I'm going to go to uh, Sunday night. Okay. And um, it's your boy, Matthew Stafford. He is laying seven and a half to the Titans. And, you know, again, we talk about kind of, I, in my opinion, I think the NSC kind of has the, the best teams as far as kind of, we talked about the teams that have the, there's like seven or eight good teams. NFC probably has, I would say, what, five of them with Rams, Boys, TB, Pack, Zona. Um, I think one yep. of those teams is probably going to win the Super Bowl. Uh, I don't know how good some of these AFC teams are. And the Titans, I, I do like them, but now without Derrick Henry, I go, yeah, I, I'm not so sure. And uh, just to kind of talk about the Tennessee defense and how they've faced off against some of the better teams. So... 38 points to Zona, 30 to the Seahawks, 31 to Josh Allen, 31 to the Colts last week. I just don't know that they're going to be able to keep pace because I think the Rams get in the 30s against this team easily. And also, without Derrick Henry, they can't really help their defense out as much by kind of just controlling the game with T.O.P. and stuff. So I'm just going Rams minus 7.5. Also, another thing, I just think this is important this time of year. Rams are one of the healthiest teams in football. And Titans, their entire team is questionable every week. Uh, I, I, I think at this point in the season, it's such a league of attrition. 
when you have that fortune of being healthy and not having yeah. a ton of guys that are, you know, they're not practicing during the week or whatever, like, I do start looking at that and going, that's a factor. And the Rams are one of the healthiest teams. I know Stafford has sit out practice this week because of his back, but he's going to play. He'll be fine. Uh, they're just giving him rest. So I, I, I'm i laying the seven half of the Rams. Okay. All right. CDS. Your boy, uh, MVP. All right. Um, okay. So I've been talking about that contrarian play of the week. Uh, why don't Why don't we get there? Arizona at San Francisco. Uh, San Francisco plus one. But everything screams Arizona in this game. The football stats, the betting number, and the betting trends. So starting with football, you know, Murray's expected to play. Uh, Arizona's one play away from being undefeated. They've been very consistent on both sides of the ball all year. They're top ten rating in both offense and defense. Yep. San Francisco, I mean, pretty unimpressive um, thus far. And offensively, is just seemingly challenged. I know they had some big plays last week against the Bears, but the whatever, Bears, it's yeah. like a one-off. Yeah, and they've just been challenged. San Francisco just been challenged all year, just hasn't looked good. Um, then the number one here seems really low. Like, I would have expected this to be at least three at a minimum and probably envisioned it more like four or five. Uh, then you throw in some betting trends here. San Francisco's lost 10 of, a, of its last 11 home games. Cardinals are 6-1-1 one, one, uh, in the last eight games, ATS against the Niners. Uh, San Francisco's 2-5 and five against the spread and 2-3 and three overall when the team records more than 17 points. I think we all expect the Cardinals to put up more than 17. I know they only put up 17 in week five against them, but I expect that to be the, the floor for them. Um so I, I just there's no reason here to to, to take San Francisco um, across all the three things I just laid out. So I'm I'm taking San Francisco. I'm trusting the experts. I don't know, saw something out in the desert in week five for this matchup, um, or you know they believe the 49ers are going to cash in on a must-win situation here. Because I mean this is kind of it for the 49ers, right? I think if they if they drop this one, it's you know season over. Um, you know, yeah. No playoffs. No oh, hope. Yeah. So I'm, for that reason, I'm, I'm going. I'm going San Francisco plus one. I think it's the the my cute contrarian play of of the week. I I like it. I stare at this game quite a bit, and uh, I didn't probably have the uh, the cojones to do it. But um, if you are looking at this game, I mean, th- think of an average person looking at this game. Arizona coming off a bad loss. They had a long layover, and they're the seven and one team or six, whatever they are. And San Fran is just, they're kind of hanging on by a thread a little bit. It's like, hey, you expect a bounce back against a, you know, a, a mediocre team, right? Like, yeah. Minus, minus one? Oh, it's too easy. It's too easy. So, it's um, too easy. Oh, no, it's, it's too easy. It's it's too easy. So, I, I, I would, I didn't pick the game, but if I had to pick the game, I'd be on that side for kind of everything you talked about and everything I kind of added. And, uh, yeah, it, it's, uh. It's an interesting game for sure. That was if I didn't have the Rams, I think I was going to go that way. But um, it's funny you say that because I had the Rams Titans game down on uh, on my list too, and I couldn't. Did I you? Couldn't did you have the Rams? The well, I was starting just to, like I started to investigate, kind of run the model, and I started with the Rams, then I wanted to get <laughs> Titans, and so then I just I was like, this is it's if it's this confusing, like just stay away. So that's that's <laughs> the what model I did. couldn't the model couldn't 
The model wasn't spitting out good good info for that game. Okay. Um, okay. All right. Well, that's the five. Do we need to uh, do we need to touch on anything around the, the college game? Um, here that uh, happened last week or, or, or upcoming this week? I don't know. Is there is there any like Virginia election you want to talk about or anything or no? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, the journals the journals have have lost it. I mean, they have lost their minds. <laughs> it has been such an entertaining week to to watch the the journalists just try and try and spin zone. Um, <laughs> everything it is, it is, it is comical. Okay, well, I, I don't know. A lot of good entertainment. I just wondered if maybe you want to count, well, whatever. Well, no, um, I, you know, the Republican guy won the, uh, you know, won the governor there. So I mean, it's not supposed to happen. Um, wasn't supposed to happen. I don't really care about that part of it as much as I do like the the, the journalists. Just they're broke. The, re- they, the reaction. Yeah, that that's the fun. That's that's why I find it very entertaining and interesting, and in, in the narratives they come up with to try and try and explain why it happened um, instead of just looking in the mirror and saying, you know, maybe some of the things we're saying aren't necessarily um, what, you know, a popular America would like to see. Yes. Right. Pop, pop, pop. <laughs> and they've been doubling down. By they've, they've, there's been no reflection at this point. No reflection at all. Well, that's, oh, man. It's v- v- very, very similar to uh, our, our sports media, isn't it? Uh, uh, yeah, you could, you could, yeah, absolutely. A lot, 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 lot of parallels, isn't there? Well, I mean, did you see what happened to Portnoy today? No, not Port at all. I, no, I didn't oh, know. Yeah. Not at all. Oh, yeah, Business Insider wrote some uh, hit piece on them. Um, they, apparently, two two or three women came forward and said that he had, uh, I think the term was violent sex with them. Um and Jesus. then they were and they were depressed afterwards uh, and upset. But the reality is, they flew to his place in uh, Nantucket, met him there. Uh, it's pre- seemed like it's pretty much consensual sex. Um, and one of oh, yeah. <laughs> right, so it seems very consensual, right? I'm just it's a lot of he said she said. He came out and made a statement. It was basically like, this is absolute bullshit. Like there's there's no truth to this. Um, and you know I tend to base. They've been writing a story apparently for eight and a half months, and okay. found and found three women, like apparently talked to like twenty and found three they could talk about, and so like yeah the guy might be a little kinky I don't know but like it just it was uh, it just it was a hit piece like it just you know feels yeah. like people are just out to get him um, you know that kind of, of stuff. course so is he, is he is he is he like married or anything? No, he was a long time ago. He's been divorced I think for gosh probably like seven or eight years. Uh, okay. So right, well, I, uh, I'm not gonna touch that with a fucking ten foot pole. So <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah. Anyway, it's go 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 check it out at least. I mean, it's it's interesting, and you know, it's the who knows what happened or didn't happen. I don't. We don't know, but it's immediately like you know the guilty until prove yourself innocent piece. Um, that's that's the, that's the tough part of it. It's it's typical. Um, yeah. So uh, uh, level of like nervousness on. MSU one to ten. Um, yeah, I think you're you're a solid eight, right? I mean, you've got you've got Purdue, who's spoiler makers, right? I mean, they've got a proven yeah. I mean, they've already done it this year, and they have a proven history of you know beating top ten teams in their place. Um, I think they're you know, seemingly a pretty good football team. Um, I think they. I haven't looked at them statistically, but they're usually a pretty good pass team, which you know, Michigan State is kind of the weakness right now. 
Yep. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm just going to say it's coming off a big win. I don't think – the good thing is, like, I think MSU realizes, you know, although they're 8-0 and a very, very good football team, they're not great. Like, I think they understand they can't just show up. So, I know they're coming off the big win, and there's a lot of emotion with that, but I, I think they were able to get back to focusing on, on what's in front of them. So, I don't think this is going to be, like – them overlooking them. If they happen to lose this game, it's just going to be because they got beat, not because they, you know, just they, showed they, up. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I mean, talk, I'll, talk ain't going to let that happen. Right, right. I'll, I'll, I'll say I'll say again, like last week, I'll say, I, I think I'll say a, win a close game. I, I think it's going to be, at the beginning of the fourth quarter, I don't think it's going to be a coin toss. And they're just going to have to make plays, just like they did last week. Yeah, I mean, look, they've had, they, had to do, they had to make some plays against Indiana. Had to make some plays against Nebraska. Had to make some plays last week. So look at they. I think they they know where they sit in the in the grand scheme of things. And you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully, talk coming. Talk coming. Yeah. Any well, comments hey. on the game from last week? Did you uh, any of the replays that you thought should have gone another way? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not even gonna say. Oh, hey, you're not gonna comment. I mean, there's nothing to say. I, I, I do. You can't. If you finish the game getting outscored twenty-three to three, you can't talk about officiating. Sorry. So, I, I, that, that's all I'll say. How about how about you? Yeah, no, I think it's funny that people like are questioning the replay booth, um, or, or not, yeah, or, or the, the head yeah, coach. Yeah, the coach. <laughs> right. Like, first of all, guys, I mean, that's what it's there for. Like, you're supposed to, the call is made incorrectly in the field, and it's supposed to go there to get corrected. I, I will say that, you know, the one touchdown that got overturned, I was surprised based on the views that we saw. Um, certainly, his shin was down. Um, I just didn't see him with control of the ball while the shin was down at the views that we saw. But yeah, these guys have to have indisputable evidence. So they obviously saw something in their expert opinion, which is what they do, um, unbiased reviews, and, and they got it done. Yeah, for Harbaugh to... I'm gonna call that out. He's, he's an idiot. Uh, listen, I, I don't even care. I, I don't. I don't even care if they miss the call or not. You got outscored twenty-three to three. That has nothing to do with that call. Like you had the. I, I show. I sent you the text of the probability score, right? Yeah. That when they were up thirty to fourteen in Michigan, a fourth and four, wasn't it like eighty-eight or in the nineties or something? Like guys, like it, you can't talk about calls when in midway through the third quarter you're up by 16 like that's on you guys so enough it's just silly um but it it it, it is what it is and we you know it's never gonna end so stop zipping up your back what is that what's going on that wasn't <laughs> that was a zipper i mean what are you gonna do we're, we're wrapping up i'm wrapping up i gotta be got early morning tomorrow gotta be out of the house by 6 a.m got things to do Okay. okay. All right. All it's right. bad. All right. All right. Well, hey, good talk. Maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll get together on on Saturday and watch the Wolves losers. We'll see. Uh, yeah. Good. Good luck. Good luck if we're not there, and we'll uh, we'll see you next time. Talk to you. Out. Ooh, another big week for the Spartans this week. It's like every week is a big week at this point now when you're in their position um, down the stretch. It's like every game, it's like you're in 
you're kind of in the playoff. Every game is a playoff game. Um, so, yeah, should be a fun week. Should be a fun Saturday. A lot of interesting games and uh, also Sunday as well. So let's have another fun, good week. Good luck to everyone out there on your Saturday and Sunday ventures. Um, and thank you for listening, and we will see you next time.